Good evening to those who are in social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you. Our Saturday night message. We thank you for those who tune in and listen to us. We greatly appreciate you just giving us your attention for these 45 minutes. But we bless your name. We think and we believe we've been a blessing to you. Um, if you want, I always encourage you to, if you want to re-listen to these messages, um, we do have an app, which is Grace. You type in Grace and Faith Fellowship on your iPhone or your Android and download the app. You can go back and listen to these messages at your convenience. Also, share it with your friends, whatever you want to do. So if you're interested in re-listening to these messages, we do have an app that's available to you on your iPhone or on your Android. All right, so we've been talking about this series, this type of series that's not in the Bible. We've been dealing with different cliches, different statements that people make, which is not doctrinally correct and make for good preaching, probably, but not doctrinally correct. And we live in time that we want to be accurate, we want to be precise at what um what god says about certain things so we want to be accurate the bible says also it says be a, be a working um to write divide the word of truth so as i said before if you if the word of god has to be right divided it can be wrong divided too so we don't want to wrong divide we want to have scriptures to back up what we're saying we're going to make statements make sure it's done correct so to and tonight is our final one there are many cliches that we could uh, deal with and I can speak on, but I'm going to end this series tonight. And tonight we're going to talk about this particular phrase is there are many paths to God. And maybe you've heard that, maybe you haven't, but it says there are many paths to God, which insinuates that it doesn't matter what religion you pick, you know, no matter what religion you study, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever, it all leads to the same. God all leads to salvation. Everybody goes to heaven, no matter what religion you pick. Now, the first time I heard this message, um, or I heard this phrase, excuse me, it was from a very famous person that if I named the person, you, we would know who that person is, but I'm not going to name drop. But that was the first time I heard it from and it, it really um, intrigued me when I heard them say it. But it's, it's saying there are many paths to God, meaning that, hey, we all can get to God. We all can have everlasting life. We all can, you know, get to heaven, no matter what religion we pick, we can all get to God. And we know we're going to deal with that tonight. You know, that's not correct. So we're going to deal with it tonight, but you may have heard that way. There are many paths to God. Well, I can choose this religion and you can choose your own religion, but we're all going in the same direction. And we found that's not true. Uh, sometime in the early mid-30s, uh, Pontius Pilate, he made the statement, what is truth? And you can find that in John 18 and 38. Now, had Pilate understood in the moment that was in the present, that he was in the presence of the God incarnate, that he was in the presence of God in the flesh. If he understood that, 
he might not have been so superficial when he said it. Okay, so he's very superficial. Nevertheless, his callous words of our Lord and Savior have never been forgotten. Okay, it's never been forgotten, these words. You've heard people say, oh, what is truth? And so, in fact, they resonate so much today as to, to much today as they did and Jesus crucifixion. It resonates with people. People want to know what is the truth or what is the truth, you know, about how to get to heaven, about how to have everlasting life. And so we pick some people where there are many paths to God. You got your path. I got my path. Hey, and so it doesn't matter. We all going to get to heaven no matter what belief you pick, no matter what religion you pick, no matter what you study, we're all getting up. So these words resonate with us just as much. That particular statement, what is the truth, resonate with just as much today as it did back then during Jesus' time. Now, since Pilate's day, the human race has steadily debated the notion of, of right and wrong, of good versus evil toward a self-serving ethical subjectory um, and more relativism. In other words, the idea that human experience should somehow redefine absolute truth. See, this is what we see today. People are trying to redefine what truth is. What is truth? They're trying to redefine what true marriage is. What true relationship redefine these things. I mean, a lot of things we're trying to redefine what what, how do you redefine what's a male, what's a female, stuff like that. And, and we're, tr we're just trying to redefine these things and trying to find the truth. And they're trying to redefine what absolute truth is. This is what they're doing. And so we have become, we've become everything the prophet Isaiah describes, okay? He, he, and it says, and it is in this setting that the fallacy of many paths of God took root. So we're trying to redefine we see the world trying to redefine what absolute truth is. And for those who are believers, those who said we know absolute truth is the word of God, is the Bible. It is absolute truth, what God said. Okay. But we find the world trying to redefine everything that God said around redefining our society, the human experience. We see it's trying to redefine these things. Okay, but let's look at Isaiah. Look at we, it says here, we have become everything the prophet Isaiah describes. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Okay, listen to what it says here and read it from the New Living Translation. I love it, New Living, because it makes it so plain. It said, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter, okay? What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever and sorrow for those who are heroes at drinking wine and boast all about all the alcohol they can hold. They take bribes and let the wicked go free and they punish the innocent. And look at this scripture. This is a very... I mean, this scripture really describes what we see today in our world, in our society. 
in our human experiences and what we see on a day-to-day basis. Now, I just want to read it again. Let's go back and say it said, it says, what his Isaiah, he said, what sorrow it is for those who said that evil is good and good is evil. We see that today, that people are calling what God says evil and calling it good. And what God says is good, we call it evil. They said they're calling um, what God calls dark, they call light. And what God calls light, they call it dark. Um, what, what God calls bitter, they call it sweet. And what is God calls sweet, they call it bitter. So what's sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes that think of themselves so clever. See, we live in a time where people think they are wise in their own eyes. In their own eyes. No, it's in their own eyes. And they think they're very clever. We, They deem themselves as um very smart very up to date on things and people who don't even have degrees you know um are saying you know having tv shows and having talk shows and call themselves being very wise about certain things and people are taking advice from these people as to what's correct and what's not you know, and we see all these talk shows and all these TV shows now talking about different things. People who who deem themselves, um, what's the word I want to use? They deem themselves educated or wise about situations that's going on in society. And so this is what we. This is what I said. He said these people, um, they're wise in their own eyes. They think they're clever. It's a sign for those who. Who are heroes at drinking wine? People who get intoxicated. We know today we call it they getting turned up, getting turned up. Let's get turned up and boast about drinking alcohol. Boast about we see shows about how people get alcohol and get drunk and get, you know, just wild it out and just going crazy. And he says here they take bribes, the wicked, and let the in the uh, punish the innocent. Take bribes from the wicked so they can go free. We see all this going on in our society. And mind you, Isaiah said this over 2,000 years ago about people calling good evil, evil good, bittersweet, sweet, bitter. You know, thinking themselves wise when they're really not wise in their own eyes. This is what he said. So this was Isaiah chapter 5, verses 20 through 23. I read so he says, hey, we look at these people, but these people think that they're wise. So although we live in an increasing pluralistic societies with a multitude of religions, philosophies, or the lack thereof coexisting side by side, and in many cases combining them, there is no plurality in truth or salvation as far as God's concerned. So we live in a very, it says society with a lot of, we live, we see a lot of the, maybe you, we know a lot of religion and maybe you're saying, I want to speak to that person that's saying, hey, man, it's a lot of religions and I, how do I know what's true? How do I know what's right and wrong? You know, we got this religion, we got that religion. And some people even combining religions and saying, hey, you know what? Just pick one because all of them are going to lead to God anyway. So just pick whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever caters to your ego, or maybe caters to your race 
or caters to your personality, whatever which one, you know, you just pick one. But like I said, that when it comes to God, there is no plurality. There's only one. There's no plurality when it comes to truth or salvation as far as God's concerned. There's no, so therefore, as Christians, there can be no vagueness on our part. Okay, so you didn't understand. And if you're a believer, you're a Christian, you can't be vague about subjects. Now, I'm not saying go out and debate about them. I'm not saying get into a lot of arguments about them. You know, because I don't believe God wants us to do that. You know, get into foolish conversations. But we can't be vague about what we stand on. Okay, we can't be vague about what we believe in. We can't be wishy-washy. We cannot... We got to be firm in our stance on how to receive everlasting life. We've got to be convinced of that. We got to be firm and stand on that. And we got to, and when people come up with some other idea of how to receive salvation, we've got to be stand, have a firm no. Like I said, once again, not to be, I understand that. People can believe what they want to believe, but we've got to be firm in our stance and say, you know what? You believe what we want to believe, but this is the truth because this is what God's word said. And stand on it. We can't be vague. You cannot be vague. I don't want you to be vague. God doesn't want us to be vague. He doesn't want us to be argumentative. But he does not want us to be uh, cowardly neither and shy away from what we believe as the truth. Okay, Christians, therefore, we can't be can be no vagueness on our part. Okay, there, there, but there is there is but one God, and there is no one else. There's one God and no one else. One God. Understand, there is one God, and there's only one. We're gonna get it. There's only one way to get to Him. And that is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He paved the way for us. Let's read Deuteronomy. I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 35 through 39. Deuteronomy chapter 34. I mean, excuse me, chapter 4, verses 35 through 39. And here's what it says. Read it from New Living. It says, he showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is none. Now listen to that. He was talking to, this is Moses speaking to Israel. You know, he's let them know. He says, he has showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. So that's the number one thing he says. So number one, is that these are things God did for you, Israel, talking specifically to Israel, that you know that I'm the Lord your God. He says he spoke to them from heaven so he could instruct them. He says he he let you see his great fire here on earth so he could speak to you from it. Okay, so God says, hey, I spoke to you from the fire on the earth. And it says, because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless your descendants 
and he personally brought you out of Egypt with great display, with, with a great display of power. This is what he did for you. Remember, he says, hey, you know what? I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out with a great spirit of power. I brought you out bondage. I was using slavery and I brought you out. And so therefore, you need to understand I'm the one that brought you out of there. Okay, so therefore, understand that I'm the one that brought you out. So this is, he says, he drove out nations far greater than you. Uh, so you could bring you, bring you in and give you their land as a special possession. So he says, hey, he brought them into the promised land. He said, I'm, I'm doing all this to let you know who is the true and living God. So this is another thing. He brought them into the promised land. He got rid of, he says, now there were other nations greater than Israel, but he chose them. God says, I told you there were other nations a lot greater than you, he says. So you could, so he could bring you in and give you the land as your special possession. Because think about it. If God had used the strongest nation at that time. Think about it. Now, when I think about this, it may kind of make sense. If God had used the strongest, most powerful nation at that time and chosen to be a people and then brought them into the land, the promised land, then people would understood it. So, okay, yeah, we understand because you're more powerful than we are. But God took a nation, okay, that was smaller and less significant and less greater than other nations at that particular time. Why? Well, to show you that, hey, I am a true living God. And say, so remember this and keep it firm in mind. The Lord is God both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. So he did this. He demonstrated to Israel, and he demonstrated to us how by sending his son to die for the sins of the whole world, Jesus Christ. That's how God demonstrated to the world that he was the true and living God. There is no other God. He said, there is no other. And we hear our society talk about all different kinds of God. Maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't heard of them. But God in the person of Jesus Christ is the only true and living God. And we have to stand firm on that. If there was more than one way to reach God, surely he, he would know and would have told us about it. See, if there was any other way, okay, God, anybody know it's God, God would have told us about it. But he never gave us many paths, okay? God never gave us many paths. There's nowhere in the scripture where you read about what God, and he never gave us many paths. In fact, he only gave us one, one way, one truth, and one source of everlasting life through faith in the atoning sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. He only gave us one way, okay? Only one way, which is John 14, 6, and you can, he said, I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. 
He only gave us one way, one way, one truth, one source of everlasting life. And that's putting your faith in the work that Jesus did on Calvary. Putting your faith in Jesus. That is the only way we're going to receive everlasting life and begin to, and, and see the Father. That is the only way. One path, not many. So understand that tonight there's only one path, not many. And it is a path. Check this out. Check this out. It's only one path, not many. And it is a path made intentionally small. Okay. And conspicuously exclusive. For only those who believe, who truly believe, were ever meant to find it. Now, check this out. This is amazing. I'm not thinking about this. God, he made one way, one path, and he intentionally made it small and exclusive. For only those who truly believe were ever meant to find it. Now, check this out. It's, it's exclusive and it's small. And only ones who ever believe in Jesus Christ is going to find it. Now, let's go to, let me give you scripture for that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Okay, verses 13 and 14. This is just really, really brings it. Jesus really makes it clear here in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Now, he says here, reading from the New Living, it says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and this gate is wide for the, the many who choose that way. Okay. But the gateway of life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. He said, okay, the, the God's kingdom if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, it's through the narrow gate. He says the highway to hell. So if you want to go there, he says the highway to hell is broad. So what that let me know. The people who are going to hell, it's a lot of people on that road. It's a lot of people who are on, the, on their way to hell. Because he said it is broad. Broad means large. It's large. There's a lot of people on the road. A lot of people who think that they're going to heaven are not because they haven't put their trust in the finished works of Jesus Christ. And I know people call us narrow-minded. You're saying, if you want to call me narrow-minded, yeah, because I'm on a narrow road. So I am narrow-minded. They call Christian, well, y'all narrow-minded. Y'all need more broad-minded. Y'all need to embrace everybody. No, I'm narrow-minded. I'm on the narrow road, which is the road that leads to everlasting life. It says, but it's, it's, and this gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Okay. So people who are on their way to hell, it's wide. And many people choose that way. It says, but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. So it's like I said, okay, so that lets me know that, hey, there ain't a lot of people. So, I think we need to understand as believer, and you need to understand as believer, that you there may be times you feel maybe feel by yourself, even though you're not by yourself. But it's not going to be a lot of people that believe like you believe if you believe like the Word of God says. 
And it says it's going to be difficult. I think why I said difficult and this is because, hey, people are going to, when you're in the minority, people are going to come against you. When you're in a minority, people are going to come against you. They're going to fight against you. You know, and you have to be comfortable in being the minority. It's going to be difficult because Paul, we see, we see the persecution that Christians experienced back in Paul times and even now. You know, maybe not on the same scale as they did, Paul. You know, Christians back then were hung and persecuted and, you know, beheaded, you know. And But nowadays, you may not experience that. Maybe in the third world countries, they're still killing Christians. But in our country, America, we're still being persecuted. You know, if you really um, stand for your faith, you may be, you may not be able to keep a job. You may get fired. Um you may not get a promotion. Um, you know, and there are many things that you may experience. If you have, you're, you're famous and you're a Christian, you're a celebrity, you may get canceled. You may not get many jobs. Um, you, you, you're going to experience, but it's going to be difficult. So understand what you're getting into. It's like, but he lets us know that this role is intentionally small and it's exclusive. And it's going to be, it's, it's going to not many people going to be traveling on this road with you. Okay. It's not going to be, it's going to be difficult, but understand he said, but this, the narrow gate is the way to everlasting life, which is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, this is not to say that there aren't a variety of paths that may lead one to God's general direction. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, well, let me read it. It says some journeys of faith meander more than others after all. And any and all paths that do not um, converge at the cross are headed nowhere. Okay. So when I talk about there may be a different variety of paths and everybody don't have the same journey. Like, you know, everybody didn't grow up in the church like I did and got saved through the church. Um, some people, you know, you may get saved at a bar. You may get saved at a bathroom. I've heard testimonies of people um, strung out on drugs and God just spoke to them somehow. Supernatural spoke to them and they got delivered and set free. Uh, I, I've heard a story of a, of a man who was an atheist and he set out to prove the Bible wrong. But you know what? Through him studying and his intention was to prove that the Bible was wrong, end up getting saved and accept Jesus Christ in his personal statement. So there are many paths, other words, but all those paths lead to Christ. Other words, your journey, your testimony, everybody's testimony, um, your lifestyle. Everybody have different, you know, lifestyle. Everybody doesn't have the same lifestyle or, you know, come from the same, you know, family tree or things of that nature. So your journey may be different from mine. That's what I mean by them. There may be a variety of paths because everybody has a different testimony of how they come to know Jesus Christ. And this is the kind of God we serve because it doesn't matter, you know, where you live at or what kind of life you live, where you grew up at, what neighborhood God can speak to you. And he has, God has a variety of ways of getting his message to people. Okay. It's not just through the church. You know, God, you know, you may have gotten saved through somebody giving you a track. 
you know, just at random, you know. So there are different paths as far as when we talk about paths as far as that concern. But all these paths, if they don't end up at the cross, then you're leading you nowhere. If it don't lead to accepting Jesus Christ as the payment for your sins and you receive everlasting life, then that path leads nowhere. It doesn't leave anywhere. So it doesn't matter what path you take. If that doesn't, if it doesn't take the whatever path you take, if it doesn't take you and lead you and you end up at the foot of the cross, then it leads you nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And surely if, if there were any other paths to God, any other ways of achieving salvation, uh, don't you think God the Father would have found them? Think about it. Especially if it meant sparing his son the humiliation and torture and death of the cross. You know, you think that's what God wanted to do? You know, well, he wanted to do it, but that was no other way for man to get back to God. Somebody had, the, the Bible says that the soul that sin shall die. It says sin, the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The ways of sin is death. And somebody had to pay for the sins of mankind. And a man had to do it. It had to be another man to do it. But this is why God came down and took on a body. Okay, became a man just like us. Lived the perfect life. He was the perfect sacrifice and died for our sins. And now all you have to do is to put your trust in Jesus Christ. That's all you have to do. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. He may, but, but therein lies the matter of the truth here. There, there never was any other way except the way of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a way now. He didn't say, I am a way. If he had said, I am, if Jesus had said, I am a way, then we could say that this statement is true. There are many paths to God. But he didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. And way is capital, capital W-A-Y. I am the only way. He even goes and says, he says, you can't come, go through any other gate but through him. And a lot, when Jesus said this, a lot of people didn't like him. And just like when you stand for a lot of people going to disagree with you, they're not going to like you. But you have to stand for, as I said earlier, we can't be passive on this. We got to stand. There is no other way, but the way is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. You need to understand that. So, so thus the saying should go. It shouldn't say there are many paths to God. Here's how the saying should go. There are many paths to choose from, but only one leads to God. There are many paths to choose from. There are many religions out here. Many religions, as I said before, many religions, many uh, philosophies and religions and things of that nature. And we live in, a, as I said, a pluralistic society where 
you know, with many gods and things of that nature and people mix stuff. And we live in a society where there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different religions. Okay. And there are many paths to choose from. But guess what? There's only one that leads to God. And that his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus Christ. Now you may be saying, well, I don't believe that. Well, I, I just don't believe that. I believe people should be free to believe what they want to believe. And you have the right to believe that. But I stand tonight that that's not correct. I have to stand on the word of God. And it says Jesus Christ. And I've heard people say, well, how do you know the Bible is true? You know, how do you know what's right and what's right? Well, you have to read it. And you have to decide on now you have to get an event. Well, how do you sign on what is true? And this is why I love because we have the word and Christianity talking about by faith. We receive these things by faith. I can't prove everything in the Bible, but I receive my faith. But guess what? This person, Jesus Christ, I communicate with him every day. I talk to him. I have a relationship with him. And if I encourage you that if you don't believe, then hey, you be, pick your Bible up, begin to study and study the scriptures and then ask God that if this is true, reveal it to you. And I trust and believe that he will show you what the truth is. God's not going to have you ignorant. God doesn't want his people ignorant of the truth. He will reveal to you. Okay. But you have to make a decision to say, okay, okay I'm going to study where I'm going to see if this is the truth. But you have to believe by faith. In the finished works of Jesus Christ. And I'm believing he has revealed himself to me. He has proven himself to me over and over. And that doesn't say that your Christian life is going to be perfect. Everything is going to be good. No, it says, it says here, the road on this journey, it's going to be difficult. This path, it is going, it's small, it's narrow, and it's difficult. But as long as Je but Jesus said that, hey, I'll be with you always, even to the way he said, I'm going to be with you. Okay. I'm going to love you through it all. But there is no other way than to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you shall have everlasting life. I, I want to appeal to somebody. If you listen to me, you're not saved. Or maybe you're sure. You're not sure if you're saved. You say, well, I don't know because there's so many different religions, different things. I just don't know. Well, I come and tell you, and I believe that, you know, the Holy Spirit will speak to you that Jesus Christ is the way. He is the only way to have everlasting life and be in relationship with the Father. And if you are not saved, all you have to do is says, Lord, I believe what you did on Calvary. I believe that you, Jesus Christ, is the payment for my sins, and I receive him as my Savior, and I thank you for saving me. If you said that, you've received salvation as your personal Savior, and you are believing that. But all you got to do is just say, trust in what he as Jesus has done. You don't have to be perfect. He was perfect for us. All you got to do is believe that he died, that he is the payment, Jesus Christ, for your sins and you shall have a last night. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And there may be other religions out there and all of them are based on work. But guess what? What's so unique about Christianity is 
Christianity is the only, if you want to call it, I don't call it religion, but you want to call it, it is the only religion that requires that you have a savior. Every other religion, you receive everlasting life based on your good deeds. And guess what? But here's the question you need to ask yourself tonight. How good do I have to be? Do you do you know do you know the answer to that question? How many good deeds do I have to do? Okay. How many people do I have to share my faith with in order for me to ask that? Do you know the answer to that? And if you don't know the answer to that, that's telling you because why would God not give you the answer? If he wants you to have everlasting life, and he does want us to have it. Okay, but if those things, if you had to do enough good works to get to heaven, wouldn't you think that God would give us the answer, the the, the number that we need to achieve that? Okay, but he didn't do that. But he did give us his son, Jesus Christ, to die in your place and mine. He shed his blood for you and me. He paid for our sins, past, present, and future. What a wonderful God we serve. And he said, now all you have to do is just put your trust in what my son did. And you should have everlasting life. You shall one day live with me forever. And I and and now when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, now me and you have an intimate we can become intimate and close and I can speak to you and I can show you the plan that I have for your life, the destiny that I that I have for your life, the reason why I created you. I can show you all the gifts and talents that I placed, invested in you so that you can be a blessing to the people that I put around you that you come in contact with. This is what God wants to do. That's what This is what he did for us. But you have to trust in that, understand that there is no other way. The Bible would say there is no other name why men can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. You can't be saved no other way. His name, Jesus is the only name that saves. The only name that saves. So if you lost, so if you prayed that prayer, Thank God that you are saved and you receive Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. And I just want to pray for those saints right now, those who are saved, that we may be firm and strong in this day and time where people are going to come against you. But stand firm in what we believe. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the body of Christ who have received you as their Savior. That God, that we will stand firm on the truth of your word that that there's only one way, there's only one path, and that is through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray to God that we will stand firm and I pray to God, the person who listened to me, that you would give them a deeper revelation of your word on that, that you they will be strong and stand firm, God, because they stand firm, people will be saved because of their stance on what they believe. And God, I pray that not only that we speak it, but we live it out. Be an example. Be the letter 
the human the, the the human letter that people can look at, that can read us and say, you know what, there's something different, unique about them, and I believe that they have the real they that they are living the the one way, the truth and the life, and that is through Jesus Christ. God allow them to see Christ in us, and I pray for every believer that it will stand firm and be bold soldiers for what you've called us to be. And we glorify your name, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening to us. Pray that this message has been a blessing to you. Tell your friends about it. Tell your loved ones about it. People that you know, you share this message with them. And let them know that Jesus Christ is the way. I'm so, and I think that's one of the things we really got to get back in. That's to the foundation of, hey, there's no other, I would even say there's no other foundation to be laid than, 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 than the foundation of Jesus Christ. And we build on that foundation. I thank God for that foundation of his son dying for our sin and shedding his blood for us. But once again, we will be back with you again on next week. Once again, we enjoy coming to you every week with the word of God. We're excited about it. And we pray that you, we are a blessing to you. If you if you feel comfortable, reach out to us, call us, and let us know. If you need prayer, um, you can go on the app and submit prayer, or just text us anytime. Let us know that you need prayer, whether it's for healing, deliverance, whatever it is. We'll be more than happy to um, be a blessing to you. And like I said, it doesn't matter whether you have a church or you don't have a church. We just want to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Once again, I'll see you again on next week. Thank you and bye-bye.